0: to be Canadian. We may not have a fancy NFL team or Prince, but we invented Trivial Pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. In Canada, you can go to an all-nude strip club and order alcohol. That's right. From Moose Jaw to the Bay of Fundy, you can suck down a 20-ounce pilsner while watching some coal miner's daughter strip down her pelt. Jealous. In Canada, people don't care where you're from. As long as you're friendly and, and maybe loan them a smoke or hand over a donut. <laughs> I'm proud to be from the great white north.
1: I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Can Audio. Thank you, Ms. Shabatsky, for the uh, wonderful intro as we do one of our favorite shows of the year. Very Canadian-centric it doesn't really have a name right now. We may have to get into that. But it's a little... Attendance is spotty this year. We could always count on our friend Michaela Schreider. She's in studio. What's happening?
0: I love that intro so much. <laughs> Robin Chervatsky is one of my favorite characters of all time. <laughs> Vanessa says I remind her of Robin Trubosky, which is just the highest praise. I
1: could see that. Oh,
0: I love that woman so much. I identify with her very strongly. That was a very fitting uh, intro to this show. Unknowingly, I think you stumbled onto like the perfect intro. Yeah.
1: Well, if we're going to talk about the Canadian Athlete of the Year, we might as well canuck up here a little bit, right? And yep. it does remind me of this. There is another scene in the show where... It's like a flashback. Like There's that night Robin went all super Canadian. I
0: know that exact scene. She drank a 12-pack of Molson and got uber Canadian. And then it cuts to her playing uh, hockey with a Vancouver Canucks jersey on. And she goes, Stanley Cup, game 6-8. The Rangers are about to be sorry they ever played shinny with the Canucks. It's the greatest scene. <laughs> Stanley Cup. Game six, eh? The Rangers are about to be sorry they ever played shinny with the Canucks. Hey, hey, Robin. Yeah.
1: I give you twenty bucks. If you can shoot it through this front door. Oh,
0: you're nuttier than a Tim Hortons maple log. Timmy, hi! Oh, that's it, Robin. Give me the stick. <laughs> I'll give you summer teeth. Summer here. Summer there. Oh, Robin, give me the stick. Take off. Hoser. Guys, come on. For America. <laughs> slap shot. For the- I'll give you summer teeth, some are here, some are there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, Um what's the other Oh, uh, there's uh, Nick Swisher of the Yankees walks into their bar. I, and, I met uh,
0: Mason Raymond. Right.
1: And Lily's like, what would you do if one of those Canucks fellas walk in here and she's like, There would be a hole in the floor. <laughs> Where my panties had fallen, or something like that. <laughs> That's Nick Swisher. He's a New York Yankee. No normal guy in New York City can compete with a Yankee.
0: No, I'm not seeing it. Okay, let me try to Canada this up for you, eh? How would you react if one of those Kachuk guys with the skates and the sticks walked in here, Lily? Really, if one of the Vancouver Canucks walked in here? My panties would drop so hard there would be a hole in the floor halfway to China. <laughs> it's it's really great.
1: She's a great character. Uh, we love the uh, the Canadian references, but uh, we're here to talk about Canadian Athlete of the Year. Our buddy Chris Hoffley, who's done this with us the last few years, uh, didn't make it to class under the weather again. We were talking in the green room about uh, when we did this last year, um, and it was still kind of a different pandemic world but things were opening back up it was certainly better than it was the year before so we were looking forward to doing this in studio and he texted us that morning and was like "Ah, I tested positive
0: (laughs) yeah so
1: we didn't want to cut him out completely so we just moved the whole thing online and then uh, this morning texted us and yeah it's not COVID but I got something again and at that point he was still he was going to be a trooper he was going to give it a shot Um, again dial him in remotely but as the day went on, he wasn't getting much better. And so we let him off the hook. Hoffley's I think his not here.
0: voice was going, which you need that. It's important. That. It's very important.
1: Right. Especially know. for him. Like he's he's loud. He carries a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of personality comes through that voice. he got that so.
0: projecting radio voice. That's
1: it. All right. So Hoffley is not here. It's just strides and I today. I'm confident we can handle this. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but we always start in the, the same place, no matter what we're talking about on the show. And that is uh, what beer we're drinking today. And so today you're going to join me in taking part in the, uh, well, we'll let the, the audience in on this. We're recording this on the 19th. It won't drop until I believe the 22nd, but that's all right. Uh, but you're going to take part with me. You're going to try, uh, today's calendar beer. It's from people's pint down in Toronto. Have you tried much of their stuff?
0: I want to say I have and I'll, I'll go through my um, untapped, and I'm sure I'll find Rolodex. one. Rolodex. Yeah, the, the, the Rolodex of, of uh, beer records. But no, I, I can't remember a specific beer from them. I'm sure I've stumbled upon one, but I honestly don't remember.
1: So I've had one or two, I know, but um, again, specifically, I can't remember. But I do remember that I've typically enjoyed it. So that's, yeah. that bodes well for us. This is called the Alpine Hefe, and uh, it's a German wheat. And, um, or an Alpine wheat, I guess they're calling it, but in the description describes it as a uh, 5.2% that, uh, yeah, has, uh, it's supposed to remind you of like a German wheat's got some banana to it apparently. And, uh, and so we'll see, have you had a poll? What do you think?
0: I have not, I am not typically a wheat beer fan, but I'll give it a try. And, and I'm a true, I'm nothing if not cooperative. So right. I'm, I'm here to, uh, to help you out.
1: And as you take your first pull there, I haven't had a sip yet, but I, the smell, you smell banana coming off it big time before you even get there. (laughs)
0: That's why I don't like, like I had a sip, it tastes fine. And, and like, I never want to crap all over a brewery if I'm drinking a a beer style from them that I don't like. Cause like, obviously I'm not going to like it. I went in
1: knowing what this was. It's not their fault that I bought it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So
0: like. You know, it's not my thing, but it does, ha- and, and and one of the reasons I think is that banana flavor, there's something about like the Belgian wheat Trappist beer style that has got that, yeah, maybe it's been, I never know what to what to call it, but it's just got that flavor that I'm like, nah, I don't like it.
1: There's something coming up behind it, like, and you wouldn't call it a spice, but like there's something else in there that's trailing the, the banana, mm-hmm. and maybe it is just the standard wheat, it is in a lot of the, the wheat beers, but there's some other kind of... On the back end of it, uh, uh, like I said, uh, a spice would be overstating it, but some sort of like seasoning is a weird word to, to use, but yeah. that's what it's, it's kind of giving me something just off the normal uh, or what they're going for, right? There, there's something else mixed in there just at the back end. that
0: It's uh, a little tangy, like yeah. sour or something. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. I could see that too.
0: Yeah. But it's not bad. Like again, not my style, but you know, it's a beer. It'll do. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to complain about <laughs> no, free exactly. beer. I walk in and drink your beer. I'm never going to complain about free beer.
1: <laughs> On this one, to be fair, again, was pushed upon you, right? Why don't you try this That's with me? True. This is not one that you went in and selected. And, I am and being a trooper. I'm That's right. A team player. We I'm like that about beer. you. <laughs> we like that. Uh, where are you going to be drinking beer over Christmas? What do you guys got planned? How's, it, uh, how's the holiday season shaking loose for you guys?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, the last couple of years have obviously been really weird. Um, and we kind of deviated from... Our normal plan. So I am uh, a child of a uh, split household. So right. my Christmas tends to be a little chaotic because I've got to bounce around to a bunch of different homes. And then I married someone who apparently wants to spend Christmas with his oh, family too. So you got too. like four Christmases to do. Oh, so many. <laughs> and so normally it's like Christmas Eve. I'm at my mom's, and Josh is at his parents', and we've never spent Christmas Eve together when the pandemic happened. Obviously, that changed. We got to spend Christmas Eve together because we weren't going anywhere. Right. Um, and and last year, we had my parents, uh, Josh's parents over Christmas Eve, and then we had my mom and stepdad uh, Boxing Day, and then my dad and stepmom the next night. So we really want to try and stick with that model going forward because, A, we don't have to leave the house, and that's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and it's a little more – real. like I don't mind cooking and hosting. Mm-hmm. We actually love hosting Like we have a bar In our basement I talk about it a lot Like we we have Made our house Such that it's a, it's, it's a great it's hosting It's part of my
1: New Year's resolution is To finally, yes. finally get there It's that part
0: is, of my New Year's resolution To bring you there yeah.
1: so, I'll drink your beer What's There you go
0: I <laughs> owe you a few so, so we're gonna do that again. I think I think there might be a little bit of a deviation. I'll probably go to my dad's at one point because he, my stepmom, has kids as well. So like mm. I understand she wants to see her kids. Apparently yeah, over the holidays. Funny so that. <laughs> I yeah, I, gotta, I gotta again. I'm nothing if not accommodating. Um, so we're doing the same thing, just kind of sporadic. But uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day will be at our place. Nice. Uh, we actually just ordered a new keg to get us through Ooh, the holiday. What did we do? What did we go with? We went with a crowd pleaser, which yeah. we always. It's you our have to. it's During our the holidays annual especially. Exactly. Yeah. It's like our annual um, keg for around this time is whitewater's farmer's daughter okay like it's a nice beer it's a great beer again crowd pleaser everyone will have it for christmas yeah, there's and over no New crazy years.
1: hoppiness to it there's yeah. no far out ipa flavors to it there's no it, this is something that everyone can enjoy while it's still being a high quality item
0: exactly right? yeah. good flavor to it for those who do want something yes. um and unfortunately i have a lot of friends who just like if they if they drink beer they don't love ipas right and that's like my favorite beer. Of course. So sometimes they'll come over and I'm like, well, I have an IPA on top, so I, can't, I have nothing for you. Um, so they'll drink something else. But like over Christmas, we like to get something that's going to keep everyone happy.
1: It's been the same here the last, uh, well, again, not really as much during the pandemic, but you know, throughout the year, it's often a stout that I have on or, or something like that. But in December, you get something that's a little lighter, right? Mm -hmm. A little easier that, you know, you're going to be having company. There's going to be other people in and out that you want to actually help you drink this thing. So uh, you try and get something, like you said, that's maybe a little more golden, right? A little more traditional.
0: What about you? What are your uh, holiday plans?
1: Well, they they put a scare into us and it looks like we're going to avoid it. But uh, last, I'm hoping, well, I'm planning to go to the cottage and actually you're the last one in here. When the door closes on this show, the mics are turned off until. uh, Get
0: out of here.
1: exactly. We're going to give us, uh, there will be shows, but they're pre-done. I will not be in here uh, until probably the 28th again or, or whatever. So the plan was to disappear to the cottage. Um, and late last week, right around the time we were getting that first big dump of of winter here, there was like a an advanced forecast of like, by the way, on the 23rd and 24th, we may also see 60 to 70 more centimeters. What? And I was like. Oh, no, (laughs) right? Like, that's going to make the four-hour trip to cottage country a little difficult. Um, But it has since been ramped down and ramped down. We are going to get some snow, but nothing quite like the pounding that they initially scared the shit out of us with, right? Like, um, I could probably leave a little earlier, but my sister is stuck until the 23rd Mm. at noon. And so, you know, you're sort of kick sorry about your luck. (laughs) out of here, but, um, Please. we decided, you know, all for one or one for all, whatever you want to, but it, like I said, they've ramped it down when it's now more like 10 to 15 centimeters they're calling for over a couple of days. That's perfectly manageable, right? But, yes. But 60 to 70, that was scary when that for cause the, the, there's a Twitter account that I follow. It's a really interesting guy and it's just called, uh, Ottawa weather records and, uh, tweets all kinds of interesting stuff and, you know, this day in history kind of stuff and, and whatever else. And he was the one who tweeted it out. And he's like, it's a week away. Nobody get too worked up about this. And then like two days later, he's like, Hey, I'm now seeing three (laughs) models predicting over 50 centimeters. So maybe start to worry a little. And then, yeah, now when you look ahead, it's, it's been scaled way down. So the plan is to head to the cottage, uh, spend some time with my niece and nephew, which will be wonderful. Um, Christmas is just so much more fun when there's kids hanging around. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, And so we'll, we'll do the Santa thing and, uh, you know, hang around with, uh, with them for a few days. It'll be, it's nice. My, my mom is a tremendous cook. Um, the last couple of years, it's funny. She, I wouldn't want to say she was asking for permission. That would be overstating it, but she sort of felt us out a couple of years ago. Would anybody be really upset if we did Christmas dinner on Boxing Day? Because, you know, she's working a lot on a big Christmas dinner while everyone else is you know, enjoying their gifts or relaxing or socializing or yeah. whatever, right? Like it kind of would put a cramp in her Christmas day. Um, so she was the one who sort of suggested, you know, would anybody mind if we, I, I'll do this, I'll still make dinner, do nobody freak out, but can we do it a day later? And I was like, well, as long as we're still going to have it, I don't really <laughs> care which day. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I guess so.
1: All right. So yeah, that'll be, uh, it'll be nice to be down there and uh, like I said, spend some time with the the kitties and, and whatever else. So I've been wrapping presents badly here the last couple days to for them uh i'm not so good at that but i'm looking forward to it i'm one of those people i get into christmas right oh yeah
0: it's such a beautiful time of year and and i'm the same way i I love i love the christmas and holiday season and i've now entered that like area of work where like i'm not working right Right. (laughs) (laughs) like i'm still working and obviously i'm dialed in if something happens but like you know emails are slower Right, uh, you know, people are on vacation, so like you can get done all the things that you've been procrastinating on for an entire year. Um, and it's just like the holiday season. Where you know, I also let loose a little bit and like have a drink on a Monday sure. night, or or you know, have cookies for breakfast, whatever. <laughs> I've officially entered that time of year, which I know is well. A little, you're little... you're in
1: communications, and yeah. so if the hospital isn't doing much if there's a lot of people kind of taking it easy on this last week maybe there's not that much to communicate about you can, nothing you can to put about yeah. although you've been busy you've been on the radio this week That's, yep. uh, yeah
0: yeah in the box uh, around, the, around the hall ho- around the holidays excuse me um i usually do quite a bit of like filling in oh, sure. on during yeah. the day shows because you know vacation time and stuff yeah. like that so yeah vanessa and i uh doing in the box uh it'll be tuesday uh which is after this in, the comes out, for, in the rear view, in the rear view. So
1: by the time we did a fantastic it. job. No doubt, you guys killed it. Everyone <laughs>
0: loved it. Um, you know, it's it's kind of fun because Vanessa and I have never had four hours of live radio right. together, right? So we're we're in. I was telling you before, like we're in the controls. We can fill it with women's sports <laughs> if we want to. Maybe a little bit of sense talk here and there, but um, you know, <laughs> it's it's a nice opportunity.
1: Well, anyone who caught um, you and Vanessa in here a couple weeks ago <laughs> God. would know that. Uh, and again, it's a bummer that we're putting this out. I guess after you've already been on, but we got some feedback on that show that was like, "Man, that was fun," or that had a different vibe to it than a lot of episodes. Of, we uh, have that of TCA. effect. Yeah, we uh,
0: we like we know each other really well. We've we've worked together at uh, the Ottawa Hospital for a number of years, and we've been friends for that time as well. So mm. we have a really good chemistry. Um,
1: and we tried to bring her in here for this when Hoff. Uh, yeah, fell she down. got
0: better things to do. Apparently. She chose
1: family. Who does that?
0: Lame. <laughs> She, she sees a, me, honestly, she probably sees me more than most of her family. So like I get the the one time she chooses family over me, I'm like fine. Right. I get it. Well
1: and towards the end of the last time she was in, you know, people may remember, uh, you know, we said that the brew marsh was, you know, the the Canadian athlete of the year as determined by craft beer drinkers in this room. And she was like, Oh, I guess I'm out and you're like, Learn to drink bubbles. Learn to <laughs>
0: drink bubbles. <laughs>
1: um and then we had to come crawling back today. Like, <laughs> I guess you can come. she's like, no, screw you guys. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> we
0: didn't make it sound very appealing for her.
1: No, for sure. Um, yeah. Final thoughts on the... Uh El, he- uh, El Jefe, that's a different one. This is the Alpine Hefe from People's Pint. It's not really your... Uh...
0: It's not my thing. Again, like, it's fine. I'm sipping it and, like, I'm I'm not hating it, but it's just not my my style. Um, But I, again, it's always so hard. I try to put myself in the mindset of, like, if I were someone who liked this beer, would it be a good one? And, right. like, I think it, it, it seems easy drinking. If someone who doesn't it's like the style... It's growing on me as we go. Yeah. Yeah. If, if someone who doesn't like the style can drink it, then yeah. it's probably easy drinking enough that it wouldn't be offensive to anybody who right. does like this style.
1: Uh, before we get into, you know, our, our Canadian athletes of the year, would you care to throw down maybe your f- a, a favorite new beer you stumbled across in 2022? Something come to mind that, uh, that you know, either you ended up having to grab some more of or sticks with you as something that, you know, I don't
0: know. Yikes. That's that's a big question. You know what? I'll probably like, we should come back to this question throughout okay. the episode because yeah. I feel like I'm going to think of a few, but.
1: Because um... uh, I have had people tell me that to them, the name Brew Marsh suggests we should be debating the best beers of the year. I mean, we
0: can incorporate to, that yeah, into yeah. the conversation.
1: And and maybe we should discuss, and for me, I will say quickly, uh, Storm Chaser IPA from Lake of Bays nice. is one I stumbled across this summer. It's a dark IPA. It is so good. Um, I think my dad's the one who stumbled across it at the liquor store up uh, near the cottage and brought a couple home. And we made short work of those and had to grab nice. some more and, uh, and I've done that a couple times. So, uh, Storm Chaser, dark IPA from uh, lake of bays, if it, it's, it's in the LCBO. So people should be able to grab it anywhere in Ontario and it's well worth checking out. Love but it. We should address the name here. Are, do we just stick with brew marsh? That's going to fade. You know, it's also a pun on something that people are now uncomfortable using. I, I'll be yeah. totally honest with you. I don't know the Lou Marsh story. Um, I barely knew who he was when the award for Canadian athlete of the year was named after him. Uh, I understand that he did some not so good shit. And so we changed the name of the award. So maybe we need to as well. We talked about the idea of, you know, the, the, since it's the Toronto star who runs this award, they've renamed it the Northern star, which is. To me, it's a lame name for an award. and Yeah, it I'm hoping to think
0: of a better one.
1: And it didn't give us much to work with, other no. than the Northern Bar was as close as we...
0: <laughs> See, and I've been trying to think of puns. Like, I'm just I'm just naming my favorite Canadian athletes and thinking of puns off that. Because, right. you know, to me, call this the Christine St. Clair Award and save us all a little bit of time. philippe Oh, <laughs> I like that. There it is. You know what? Marie I'm not even going to say what my idea was. No, let's hear it. Come on, throw it I, down. Well, I, I spent an embarrassing amount of time thinking of, is there a play on Haley Wickenheiser? Because there's a German, Is a German Heffenweiser. name. Heffenweiser. Haley Heffenweiser. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, that's
1: good too. I like that. So,
0: But, oh my God, Marie-Philippe Bruland. That is just, that's gold. <laughs> there's the name of the episode. Clip yes. this. I like, like,
1: you're right. That's what we'll, we'll go this year. Yeah. It'll be, uh, the 2022 edition will be called the Marie-Philippe Brule.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. And I think she'd be proud of that. That's a great idea.
1: Um, perfect. That's what we'll call it for this one. Before we get into our more well-known athletes, I want to tell, uh, I want to give a shout out because A, that's what we're here to do, but B, the timing works beautifully. Uh, the voice that has brought us into piles of these episodes our pal Amy Burke is just off a plane uh many of you know is a paralympic athlete and uh, she's just back from the world championships in her sport the uh, the world goalball championships where she won MVP Woo. and uh it's been a hell of a road for Amy I was so happy for her. I was so proud of her for for getting this done uh if you think back um you know we had Amy on a bunch of times there throughout the pandemic she was supposed to go to Tokyo 2020 And that got pushed back due to the pandemic, right? That got pushed back a year and uh, became Tokyo 2021. And so now she's trying to balance her training with her two young sons at home that like so many people, you know, she's now a substitute teacher helping them with their work, uh, trying to balance her training, um, any chance to get out and practice, all these sorts of things became incredibly difficult. And when she got to Tokyo for the Paralympic Games, finally a year late, she got injured, and her back was absolutely mangled uh, at a pre-tournament training camp. She goes out there in game one, tries to give it a go, and just there's no power there. Her back is totally messed up after all that work. The four years that turned into five years of, of training, uh, it was brutal. And they had to sit her down through the rest of the round robin, and she gets in there. In the final game of the round robin, she's not healed. She's not back to and but it's a win or a go home situation for Canada and she's the type of athlete that if you need me I'll, I'll try right I'll give it a go and so she got in there she did manage to gut out two goals which was incredible uh, but Canada fell short without having her in the lineup there just wasn't enough there and uh, Canada doesn't get out of the uh, the group stage in the Paralympic Games so here we are a year and a half later she's a hundred percent she gets to world championships ready to start, ready to do her thing for Canada and pots 43 goals in nine games and wins tournament MVP. Canada goes from not winning a game at the Tokyo Paralympic games um, and not getting out of the group stage to finishing fourth at the tournament, losing a bronze medal game to a very good Israeli team. The difference between having Amy in the lineup and not in the lineup for that Canadian team. Look, I understand not everybody's super familiar with the sport and that's okay, but going from not winning at all to almost grabbing a medal based on her performance and, and putting her team on her back, that is MVP shit, right? That's what that looks like. So congratulations to Amy both for a great team performance, a great individual performance of, of getting that MVP and reminding the world that she is a part of that elite upper class that uh, that is, like I said, capable of picking up a team and lifting it from last place to uh, being in the semifinals with the top tier of the best teams in the world. So congratulations to Amy for that. I was very happy for her, very proud of her. It's tremendous to uh, to see, so. Go, Amy. Yeah, maybe not Canadian Athlete of the Year, but deserves to be on the it show. Deserves to I be thought. in the
0: conversation. Right. Like, she was in the Olympics, uh, Paralympics last year. Like, she, you know what? Because of you, she was on my show. That's right. She's a fantastic interview.
1: Yes. Oh, she, Amy's got personality. She's oh, not yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and like, uh, you know, Sometimes you you bring athletes on the show and like you know they they are paid and 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 specialize in uh, playing a sport, not talking on the radio. So right. I totally understand that sometimes doing media interviews is not their favorite thing. But Amy like brought it; she was fantastic to chat with. She taught me a lot, right? Um, and our listeners, yeah, it's a, a sport
1: lot. The, no, and I don't even know if I mentioned it here. I did the World Goal Ball Championships, mm-hmm. it's a sport for the visually impaired, which Amy is, and uh, she's never shied away from doing media to try and bring a little attention to the sport and, and she shies away. She, she's a little uncomfortable talking about herself, but if you want her to talk about her team or the sport, she's, yep. she's there like so many others, right? Uh, she was over at the, uh, Red Blacks game earlier this year. They had a bunch of Olympians and Paralympians signing autographs and meeting people there before one of the games there this year. So I know she enjoyed that quite a bit as a Red Blacks fan to. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to Amy. That was a hell of a performance. Um, didn't get on the, uh, podium like they had hoped, but came as close as he possibly could. And and the turnaround from, like I said, finishing near the bottom at the Tokyo Paralympics to being in a semifinal in a bronze medal game. I don't know. There's a common denominator there without one player with one player, how this team looks. Hmm. Yeah. That's an MVP. Uh, look, there's a bunch of places we could start, I guess. Look, I think it's a little anticlimactic for us to just both say who we think is Canadian athlete of the year and then wrap up the show. So maybe we just kick some names around first. I wonder what you think of a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who for the longest time was viewed as a bust, right? It came out of, uh, as a number one overall pick in the NBA at the same time. I think the year after Anthony Bennett had done the exact same thing. And there was this Canadian basketball boom. Bennett did turn out to be a a bust. Um, But Wiggins sort of got painted with the same brush a little too quickly. And maybe he didn't become the superstar that a lot of people were hoping, but he came very good. And last year, you know, last NBA season, it's still calendar 2022. He's the number two option behind Steph Curry as the Golden State Warriors go bell bell to bell, win another NBA championship, cement that legacy for the Golden State Warriors, you know, as a dynasty, if they weren't already, there's no doubt that, you know, that was all about Steph Curry showing I'm the I'm the guy. I'm every bit. This is not about having a stacked roster. This is not about that. This is Steph Curry's team, and and he put his stamp on this. So I'm not sure uh, Andrew Wiggins is necessarily in the mix for Canadian Athlete of the Year, like as one of my final two or three. But, you know, a noteworthy name, a hell of a season the guy had.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, to your point, the turnaround, I think, is is the more interesting story, right? Where you're right, we kind of wrote this guy off. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it helps playing on a team like Golden State where you have the players around you. You have an amazing coaching staff and an amazing coach and Steve Kerr. Um, but, you know, to, to be a talking point – on the Golden State Warriors is also a huge yes. accomplishment in and of itself, They've right? They've seen some
1: names. They've there. seen some
0: <laughs> names, and like, let's be honest, I could play on the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> and I don't play basketball, and probably like would have a couple of rings right now just because, like, the, I would ride the coattails of whatever Steph Curry's sure. doing. So, like, to be a notable player on that team is also wildly impressive. And anytime you see a Canadian NBA player do something w- well and, and make a name for himself, I think that's really exciting because I think we're seeing. The growth of many sports in Canada, not just basketball, it's soccer as well. But I think that it's time we start acknowledging the other non hockey sports yes. in this country. And it's it's you know the effect of the Wiggins would be kind of like a uh, I would say a Carter effect. Uh, yeah. byproduct. You know, weight 15 years until we see the championship of, uh, effect. Right. And, and the number of players who were going to come out of Canada then, like I'm so excited for that. So I, I just, I love that he was having, su- he's having success and he's, in, you know, someone we're all talking about now.
1: And, and he's like part of this wave, right? I, th- I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago that we talked quite a bit about Jamal Murray, right? And he was in the mix mm-hmm. at that point. Um, this year uh, off to a great start of Shea Gilders Alexander, right? He's been playing like Canadian basketball is in a great spot right now. Oh, yeah. you, you mentioned the Vince Carter effect. Um, these are guys who came from that because of that. And now we're seeing this wave again after the Raptors win a championship and all these guys that are making an impact, uh, Canadian men's basketball, you know, on the rise. Um, Big time. One of the other names I feel like we talk about often and she never quite seems to break through is Brooke Henderson. Mm. And this opens up that debate that we've had before. And quite frankly, a debate that I find interesting as we go through an exercise like this Olympians versus NHL slash NBA, you know, those sports where you play every night versus every weekend versus an Olympian, where the whole thing is about training to show up on one day, right? One week, you have to get it done now, or it's your whole quadrennial basically. And how you weigh those things, how you measure those things, being consistent for 82 nights a year, in whatever your sport might be versus, you know, like I said, playing every weekend or, you know, playing one week a year. And that's so silly. You're obviously playing more than one week a year, but the one we're going to pay attention to is that Olympics or is that whatever it might be. Brooke Henderson shows up and she won, I believe in calendar year, 2022, she won two tournaments, finished top 10 in eight more. It's a hell of a year for a golfer. And I'm probably not educated enough to know how to, how to weigh that. Obviously she's one of the best in her sport and that's how you have to weigh this, but I don't know, you know, two wins in a 52 week year doesn't seem like a lot, but nobody wins every week. What do you think of, of the year that Brooke Henderson had?
0: Well, I think like if she had, honestly, if she had won the award, I would have been like, yeah, that's fair. But like it, it's, she had a great year. She th- she this has won year, Canadian
1: Women's Athlete of the Year two or three times. She's never been mm-hmm. able to get over the hump on this one. Yeah, overall,
0: I think this year she became undoubtedly. The greatest golf Canadian golfer of all time, hmm. man or a woman, yeah. in my opinion, in yeah. terms of like the longevity that she's had, even like she's not very old. Like she, she's, you know, a lot of runway to go for sure, but we haven't had on the men's or women's side, a golfer with this kind of success for this long. No, nope. um, you know, Mike, we are one a Masters one
1: tournament. It was that's a big it. one, and it was like, one.
0: I have zero Masters, so I'm right. not going to criticize the guy. <laughs> no, I'm with you. But like,
1: If you're going to win only one, win that win one. Win that you one. You should win that no one. No one will ever
0: take that away from right. you.
1: But it but is we one always weekend.
0: Exactly. And we, and we always think, when we think great Canadian golfers, that's who you think of. And I think you should start thinking of Brooke Henderson, because she is right now the best Canadian golfer in the world. And I think she's the best Canadian golfer of all time. And I, I, I see your point of... You know, Olympic versus non-Olympic athlete. We ten, obviously, this award tends to go to an Olympic athlete in an Olympic year. Um, Does it feel like an Olympic year to you? No, the, <laughs> the Beijing Olympics feel like they were 20 years ago, if I'm being honest And with you. the fact that they but, happened
1: overnight also f- takes away a little from the...
0: Yeah, there's a lot of late nights. I hated it. And
1: you're just like, it feels so long ago. And even when you were there, you were like, oh, I'm going to... Like anywhere else in the world, like it sort of feels like you could get... Noon to midnight or 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. But China, it's it could not be more opposite. It's no. 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. and you miss all of it. And it's it, and I'm less likely to watch. I'm one of those people. I won't watch during the day if I know it's all a replay, right? If it's yeah. live, I don't care. I'm watching everything. You know, ski slope and and all, the slope like the, these things. I don't know That's anything about. I'll watch it all, but. If it's not live, I'm probably not watching. So those Olympics were just a weird Olympics, and they, I don't feel like those were a 22 or 2022 Olympics.
0: I'm still processing Tokyo 2021. If I'm being exactly honest right, but I, I think that there's an argument to be made that because I, th- I know people want to argue against olympic athletes winning cuz you only did one thing that year well no they only did one thing that we noticed that we noticed that we talked that's about right. yep. and and that's where you know when someone like marie philippe poulain or christine Sinclair wins like i have the perspective to be like no i follow these two athletes very closely they and they actually did fun <laughs> yeah and like yeah it's easy to to look at Sidney crosby or 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 any other you know nhl player and go well. They play eighty-two games a season. Yeah. Well, like some athletes aren't afforded that. No. Right. That Marie Philippe and her teammates are literally a lot fighting. Of would like
1: to watch her play eighty-two yeah, games. Yeah. They're a year, they're but...
0: fighting for that right now yeah. to create a women's league where we can see these players play for you know more th- often than every four years or every every year in the world championship. So I think that it's important to just and and, and it, again like I also understand that this was this is an award created by the media. So like it's obviously. Somewhat of a how much media coverage did this athlete generate? Award right? How much discussion? How how popular were they? Not just their their individual success, which again I I I get, Um, but I think that you know it's. I think those uh, Olympic athletes probably deserve it even more because this was just happened to be the one year we were talking about them, but they probably did wildly impressive things, you know, the year before or or whatever.
1: No doubt about that. And I think that's going to come up again here uh, a time or two throughout the show. What did you just crack into there? (laughs) I
0: did. You may have heard in the background. um, I uh, opened a Ransack the Universe by Collective Arts as their West Coast IPA. Um, This is one of my favorite kind of go-to beers. Uh, it is a little higher at the 6.8%, okay. but uh, yeah, yeah. it's the holiday season. Like That's right. Um, it's just, you know, if you like a a, a solid kind of hazier tasting IPA, this is uh, this is a great one. And Collective Arts always has some really good stuff.
1: So I have a second one here as well. And uh, this is off the keg, which uh, we've had here for the last uh, I don't know, couple weeks anyway. Um, this is the Five Fingers Brown Ale from the Nita Beer Company. And nice. uh, since I was having Andy in Anyway, when you did the, uh, you know, the pre-calendar show, um, doing the calendar thing, I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to grab a keg as well. And, uh, you know, we did reference that during the holiday season, I tried to be a little more crowd friendly, but I just, I like darker stuff. Mm. It's a brown, it's not a stout, it's not a porter, it's not a crazy IPA. That's right. Yeah. Anybody coming in here, you'll be fine. Um. But it, it's still it's Matt's fridge and, and Matt's- exactly
0: Matt's <laughs> I gotta the one be paying me. for it. I
1: gotta be me, so and
0: it's winter. This is kind of when you like those exactly. darker beers,
1: right? Right. So uh, it's the five finger, um, yeah, brown ale from uh, from the Need a Beer Company. Uh, why don't we stay? You know, for now, you you mentioned the idea of, or I mentioned, and, and you were, you know the eighty two games a year athlete versus the Olympic athlete. Why don't we touch on the NHL? I don't think in my top five. I have an NHL player this year, but there is an interesting debate. If you were to pick somebody out of the NHL, Connor McDavid every year is going to be a reasonable enough, um, guy to, to better. he finished last year on an absolute tear. And I, when I say last year, I mean last season, I guess this is always the thing with NBA and NHL mm. athletes, right? Where it's the, Very confusing. S- it starts with their second half and ends with their first half based on the way the seasons are laid out. McDavid finished on fire, uh, with a ton of points, took the Oilers to a conference final, which is as far as they'd been in, in quite a while, and then got off to a crazy start this year where he sort of seems to have decided, I guess nobody's impressed with my two assists per night, every night anymore. I'll just score a goal every night now and I'll, I'll do that thing. I'll go win the rocket now. The other guy though, that maybe deserves some talk would be Kale McCarr, Mm. who, you know, uh, He's doing things as a defenseman that we haven't seen in forever, and he wins a Stanley Cup, and he wins a Conn Smythe in the process. If you were going to pick one of the two, and maybe you want to go off the board. Maybe you have somebody else in the NHL that if you had to pick one NHL to be in the mix here uh, for discussion, who would it be?
0: ok no <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, the Kale McCart would definitely... Like, I feel like Connor McDavid. Let's be honest, Connor McDavid is going to win one of these awards at some point. That's right. Um, I think it, it's going to be in one of those not. It, Connor McDavid feels like if he doesn't win the Stanley Cup, it's he's going to get this award in a non-Olympic year where it's like we don't know who to give it to. <laughs> I was. Yeah, <laughs> like, that seems to be our default. Just give it to Conor McDavid, it's like, default. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, like when he wins a Stanley Cup and, and, you know, we're getting to a point in his career where like, dude, it's got to happen sometime soon because we're getting nervous here. Um, <laughs> I think he will win a Stanley Cup probably sometime soon. And yes, Edmonton fans, you can quote me on that. Um will be in
1: Toronto when he comes home in a couple years. I never years. said
0: it would be with <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, it, like, <laughs> I, I think when he wins that.
1: That would es- be the year.
0: Especially if you bring, like, it, whether it's Edmonton or another team, like if if he brings a Stanley Cup to Canada to a Canadian team, yeah, yeah. like hands down, this guy will win the Northern Star for how whatever year he wants it. <laughs> um, if you wanted to, he give can it to you call
1: up like eight years after retirement, like I'm guys, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the Northern Star again this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just give it to me. Yeah. Um, I, I it's it's hard not to give it to to Connor McDavid if you're going to pick an NHLer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kyle McCarr won a Stanley Cup. And, and, and he won a Conn Smythe and, and he is like head and shoulders. Yes. The best at his position. No question. One of the best players, period, yeah. in the NHL. And he's what, 22, 23 yeah. or something like <laughs> just that? Just walked
1: like, into the league and took it over. He's like. a
0: child. Like, <laughs> it's, it's wild what he's doing. And I feel like we don't talk about it as much because he's not Connor McDavid, right? right. Like there's just There happens to be a player just a little bit better and in a flashier position where we're going to talk about him. But yeah, Cal McCarr won a Stanley Cup, man. Like this, he, he he eliminated McDavid. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like if you're going to give it to an NHLer, that's who, that's who we should be talking about. But you know, at the same time, in terms of headlines, I mean,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? This is another one of those debates when you talk about how do you hand out an award like this? One guy won, but the other guy's clearly the best in the world and just didn't have a supporting cast to help him win. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't think there's any question. If you just strip everything else away and said, who's the best player in the world, everybody goes, yeah, it's Connor McDavid. We all get that. But if there's something about a championship and not just winning a championship, being pointed out as the best and most valuable player in that championship run. That's worth something. I, I think I'd probably go with, because I'm very much like you at some point, just by default, this will land in Connor McDavid's lap. Yeah. I would take this opportunity if I was going to give it to an NHL player to point out, Kale McCarr and and the start that he or the 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 year that he had um and and probably give it to that guy. I, I just think that's yet an incredible year that we have not seen at that position in a very long time.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Let's move back onto the uh, amateur side of things. I want to bring up a name that you know was sort of you know sometimes as sort of a will throw you a bone. It gets thrown out there, but doesn't get talked about much. The name Brian McKeever, who won three gold medals at the Paralympic Games in Beijing in uh, Nordic. Uh, He's a cross country skier. Three gold medals. That makes him the most decorated Nordic skier in Canadian history. And I want to say that again because I did not say that he is the most decorated Nordic skier in Paralympic Canadian history. He is the most decorated Nordic skier in Canadian history. Paralympic or Olympic. Uh, He has a visual impairment um, and, and that is obviously in the Paralympics you get split up based on your disability, uh, but three gold medals at any Olympics or Paralympics is worth mentioning, you know, especially in an Olympic year, right. When we're talking about this type of award, we have seen a Paralympian win it before several years ago. I think it was around 08, maybe yeah. coming off Beijing. We saw Chantelle Petitclair who was a, a wheelchair track athlete. Uh, she's won this thing before. Um, again, I don't know how you want to measure Olympics versus non-Olympics, but, or in this case Paralympics, but it's a name worth mentioning, yet a hell of a of a 2022.
0: Yeah. In an area, you know, unfortunately, and and this needs to change, the Paralympics just don't receive the same coverage that the Olympics do, right? And it's As not- As you
1: said a few minutes ago, the media- they're the ones giving out the award, yeah, and but, it's based on what they covered. Well, you could cover it more, exactly,
0: <laughs> this exactly. Is on you. Like it's it's not the athlete's fault that you know it's it's not talked about as much. So yeah, I, I think you again, you could always make a case. I will always hear a case for a Paralympian or an Olympian because we just don't get to see them as much, especially right. when it's not a hockey player, sure, right? Um, and and yeah, like when when you become the most decorated athlete in your country at your sport. Mm-hmm you deserve to be talked about. And it's, I think one thing that this award certainly sparks conversation of is like where we do give attention for sports right. and, and does that need to change And the answers? Yes. <laughs> um, so, so I think, yeah, like uh, again, there's so it's, it's the beauty of this award there name it a Canadian athlete who had a good year. And I'll, I'll hear an argument for sure. It, yeah. Right. I think they all deserve it. They all deserve the spotlight, especially those who don't get the coverage they deserve in the moment.
1: Yeah, three gold medals. It's not a bad showing at uh, at Beijing uh, 2022. Uh, Felix auger Aliasim. Yes. This is a name. uh, First of all, I had to practice
0: before we started the show. Say it over (laughs) and over and over again, yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm still not 100% sure I nailed it. So for the rest of the show, he will just be Felix on this side of the table. Um, Again, a hell of a year. And actually, it hasn't seemed to receive a ton of attention, perhaps because the World Cup was going on. But Canada just won the... uh, Uh, what's, you know, the international. uh,
0: Davis cup. Yes. The Davis cup.
1: Look, he was sort of a guy who, who made a, a push, right. And, and, and got his name complicated as it is out there and and a little more well known. Uh, again, another name that, that deserves some attention here. I don't know if you follow tennis any more closely than I do and want to weigh in on this guy a little bit more. I, I know he had a hell of a year. I know I saw his name a lot. I don't, I, I can't weigh in on tennis and, and sound any sort of, uh. Have any sort of expertise?
0: (laughs) This is where we need Vanessa because tennis is not my special. At least men's tennis is not my special. I was thinking
1: about this when we were, you know, trying to to persuade her to come in. I'm like, man, she covers so many of my blind spots. Yeah, same here.
0: That's why we have such good chemistry. I just throw it to her. But I think like, and, and knowing what I know about tennis, like the the. Canadian, the winners of this award who play tennis ha- usually win in a year where they have a huge win, right? Right. Bianca Andreescu beat Serena Williams. Don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah. In the U.S. Open it's in twenty nineteen, kind 2019. of a big deal. Kind of a big deal, and that's where she won uh, the Northern Star, what would then Lu- the Marsh. But I feel like when Felix has that, when he finally, because he he's he's been so good, and yes, they won the Davis Cup, but like you know, we've seen him and Denis Shapovalov. Mm -hmm. get to, they've, they've gotten a little bit further in every tournament they're in. They're just on the cusp. And unfortunately in men's tennis, it's like, if you're not one of the big four, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, but those big four are starting to retire. Mm -hmm. Roger Federer just retired. I think, you know, hopefully Djokovic is on his way. Um, (laughs) and Rafael Nadal plays forever, but that's for Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I feel like when, when Felix finally gets that win, he or Chapo, when they finally get that win of a major then hands down they'll probably get this award because it's just unfortunately you know taking steps further is great but you got to get that win
1: uh why don't we talk a little bit about look everybody knows we're going to get to, to Marie-Philippe Poulin. thank god she's on the uh, she's I'm on the list. At here. I know and and we'll get there but I'm going to make you go somewhere else first on her team Sarah Nurse is yes. actually the player who led the paralympic Paralympics on my mind <laughs> Sarah nurse is actually the player who led the Olympics in scoring and look Marie-Philippe Poulain does what Marie-Philippe Poulain does in in Olympic gold medal games comes through in a big way and 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 was right there I think only one point behind Sarah nurse yeah um, but when you beat out the MVP when even if it is just by one point you deserve a mention here what kind of year did Sarah nurse have
0: she had a fantastic year. Like, like she, she led the team in scoring in the Olympics. She broke a Canadian record for scoring in the Olympics that was previously set by Haley Wickenheiser. Who? Again, don't know if you've heard of her. Kind of a big deal. Um, and when you think about it too, like having watched Sarah Nurse kind of come up through the system for the last couple of years, she has made this, so much of every opportunity she's gotten – she started as a depth player on this team and she became so good they couldn't ignore her, right. right? And when you're scoring like that on the third and fourth line, like, yeah, you you deserve some credit there. And um, she's also, I think, Another area where I think she's so great for the game is is she has a great social media presence. She's got a great personality. She and Natalie Spooner have that kind of like they're great on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> They've got so much personality. And I think this that. This is
1: why I don't know enough about them.
0: Yeah. Matt's not a TikTok <laughs> guy. <laughs> but are you know, we need more athletes like that. In women's hockey, I think in hockey in general, to be honest with you. Um, and Sarah and,
1: Nurse stands out in all the right ways, right? Like, she stands up for causes. She's not just yeah. – when you say she's on TikTok and Instagram, she's not just being silly and, and whatever. No, but, no, like, she's
0: she's doing that as well sure. and, and no, still yeah. marketing her sport. But, yeah, she's, she's promoting the game. She's promoting the women's game, um, and she's a black player yes. playing hockey, which, you know – I don't know if you know this, hockey is kind of white and kind of racist. Um and so the more diversity we have in the sport, the better. And, and she fights that
1: sexist didn't even make the list of things well, that, that Sarah Nurse <laughs> is having to fight
0: through. <laughs> that too. Um and and she's on the NHL twenty twenty three. Yes. Like she's I on the forgot cover about of NHL a cover
1: athlete. You get to be in the conversation Come if you're on, on the cover of NHL twenty three.
0: I would say you could make a case for Sarah Nurse being one of the most marketable, hockey, like female hockey players, but hockey players in general right, right now. Um, not to say that Marie Philippe Poulin isn't marketable, but like Sarah Nurse is starting to transcend the sport a little bit because of her. You know, Marie
1: Philippe Poulin is Sidney Crosby kind of the way you do it, right? Kind of quieter, very kind quiet. Of, uh, you know, just we'll say talk the about right things. Yes, yeah. yeah, so all these. Uh, Sarah Nurse maybe is more. I don't even know who the crossover comparison would be, but far more outgoing, right? Far more willing to, maybe the Austin Matthews, right? A little yeah. more flashy, a little more, and maybe I that's think, not even a great comparison. I I, don't I know think you that. can
0: make a c- comparison to her, her, um, cover athlete mate in Trevor's egress. That's a good, yeah. She, you know what? Ne- like that. Yeah. maybe not necessarily in the game they play. Cause they like. Sarah nurse is an incredibly exciting player. Yeah. Um, but she also just tends to be like, she, she's just a, a such a smart, smart player, player in the right place, right time yes. knows where to be and, and makes the players around her better. But in terms of her personality, like, like I think Trevor egress is great for the game. Sure. Um, and, and Sarah nurse has that same kind of attitude of like, she'll have fun and she'll, she won't just give the same old answers every time. And, and, uh, in interviews and stuff, I think she's, she's an incredibly, incredibly marketable player.
1: Uh, before I let you get to where you want to go, we're going to go somewhere else first. Uh, do you a beer.
0: I want to get back to the beer conversation at some point because okay. I'm starting to think of ideas from the last. Okay, year.
1: let's do it. Let's 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 hit that.
0: Okay, okay. As, as long as I'm not breaking your train of thought. No, too no, much. no. Um, I don't really. have <laughs> Just a couple of beers kind of came to mind when I'm looking back on looking back on the year of 2022. Um, you know, I, I 2020 was 2020 brew. 20, oh i can't I'm,
1: do that i'm beating this horse to death you
0: and ian though. mendez like i just can't no, get there i can't that's get nonsense
1: to... ian is brilliant at this <gasps> slash irritating with things he's like a this mou-
0: he's the mountain
1: i'm just dropping one word brew into anywhere it might <laughs> rhyme that's <laughs> so not farther
0: than I've gotten. <laughs> um but this year like i've been very fortunate i finally got back to traveling yeah. quite a bit which i was very happy about and uh, felt like a Not completely, but closer to normal year. And um, I went to Seattle... In July to see Sue Bird play basketball. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you've heard of her. I kind of like her. I may have mentioned it a couple times. And non-Canadian, non-Canadian. <laughs> yeah. She can, unfortunately she can't win this award. Right. Um, and Seattle also has a fantastic craft beer scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried a lot of great beer there. But we went to one brewery called Optimism Brewing. Um, I couldn't tell you what area of the city it was, but I <laughs> uh, you know got a flight. It was like super cool vibes and like very much everything you would expect a Seattle brewery to kind of be. It was in a warehouse. It was they had you know one thing I loved in in Seattle specifically, but they had pride flags everywhere. They had uh, Seattle Storm flags, so like we've oh, nice. f- supporting women's sports yeah. and like you know anytime you've got a business that that is is um, making it a safer space for for everybody, I'm a big fan. So uh, I really really liked their beer. Again, I, it's not helping the listeners because you probably don't live in Seattle and can't go try it. Our but Western
1: <laughs> Canadian listeners, maybe exactly track down
0: if you ever get to to Seattle, check out um, Optimism Brewing.
1: Yeah, on the. Uh you know, when the Jays end up headed to uh, to Seattle and everybody's headed down there anyway, yeah. then take over their stadium, grab yourself a couple of beers. Exactly. Uh, why don't we get to, you know, before we get to, to Poulain, are there any names that you might want to add to this list that you would be more knowledgeable about, certainly uh, knowledgeable about than I am out of the WNBA, the NWSL, the, the, it was kind of a, look, soccer happened this year, but it was, coming off of an Olympic gold medal for Canada last year. So it sort of felt less... You know what I'm saying? Like, we could talk about Alfonso Davies. Um, Mm. I think he's... Yeah.
0: (laughs) He he won it two years ago, right? And He shared it with... uh, At the time,
1: you and I and and Hoff, um, we talked about it. It was him versus
0: uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Tardif.
1: That's right. They shared it. They both won. And I thought Unpopularly, that was silly. <laughs> Tardif, man of the year, humanitarian of the year, all these sorts of things. Athlete of the year, you didn't play, man. Like that. I'm being a bit of an
0: asshole I mean, with I, that. If anybody wants to hear that debate, they can go back and yeah, That's to it, true. Right? We're not going to beat that horse here. I
1: appreciate you moving me off <laughs> this again before I get absolutely fried.
0: I can, for another I can see Christmas. you want to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> right.
1: Um, look, you can talk about Davies. He had a great year. He also was injured a bit. He scored apparently the biggest goal in Canadian soccer history. Oh my God. Uh, he scored a goal at the world cup, which yesterday. no man has done in. Ever. Ever. At ever. the world cup. Yeah, Good call. Uh, look, we've done it before. We've talked about that before. I don't think, you know, really in the mix this year, but if you were going to pick a men's soccer player, it would probably be him again this year. Is there anyone on the women's side coming off an Olympic year? You know, that, that was able to build a case in your mind.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, it won't come as a surprise to anybody, but my pick would be Christine St. Clair, and I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. (laughs) Get out of here. Listen, I, who as as much as I would, I'm not, I'm not gonna take anything away from Damian Warner. The dude is a decathlete. He literally does 10 sports sports when I can't even do one, (laughs) but like the the Canadian women's soccer team winning gold, like, like that was, that was a life changing moment for me. Mm -hmm. Like, like it genuinely was one of my favorite sports moments of all time. Right. Um. And in that moment, we saw. So we're going
1: back to last year. I, well, I'm, I'm setting Warner. up. I'm setting up. I know. My, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. just for the good of so the Warner won it last year. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, uh, I did that. <laughs>
1: Life changing moment when the Canadian women well, it,
0: won Well, it was where we finally saw one of the greatest Canadian athletes of all time, Christine Sinclair, get her flowers, get a gold medal, mm-hmm. and be on top of the world. And in 2022, while obviously it's not an Olympic year, um, we saw her win an NWSL championship. And we saw her uh, – she, she's now – I think she moved into second all-time in NWSL scoring. She has more – she's got four NWSL championships now, which I think is the most of any uh, NWSL player. Like you could make a case and, – and again, if women's soccer received the coverage that it probably should, mm-hmm. I feel like – you could have given it to St. Clair and it would have been, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise.
1: Has she won it before?
0: Uh, yeah. She won in 2012. Um, I feel like that
1: hurt. Uh, and you know what? This is such in, a bitter moment. <laughs> in 2012. Yeah. That I should have known, right? Like Trauma. that was a hell of a.
0: But I think like, I was talking about this with Vanessa and, and maybe like my therapist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> London 2012, as traumatic as it was and as much as like, I can't even talk about it with my teeth, without my teeth grinding. Like, Never has a moment of adversity propelled a sport farther in this country. Yeah. In in that semifinal game against the US, where Canada lost, like this was a game where Canada lost and was robbed of uh, at least a, a silver medal. Women's soccer immediately became wildly popular. We all started that game. I know in my case, I started that game. Most of us started that game not knowing much about women's soccer. Mm-hmm. I ended that game willing to die for Christine <laughs> St. Clair. And I haven't looked back. And a lot of people haven't looked back. Women's soccer became... We became a soccer country in that game. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. And so as hard as it is to look back on 2012, Chris, no one should have won that but Christine St. Clair. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Like, but the fact that you have won sometimes works against you
0: yeah. in the future.
1: And Not it's, always, and that but sucks it sucks
0: because like- Yeah, if you're the
1: best at something two years in a row, we should be able to say that. Right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're going into a World Cup year for the women in mm-hmm. 2023. Canada notoriously struggles in the World Cup. So so I'm, I'm nervous for that. But let's say Canada finally takes a huge step in the World Cup. Like, do we ignore that? After all the praise that Alfonso Davies got for- no, again, last year they hadn't even qualified. They were just in the conversation for qualifying for the World Cup. And uh, sorry, two years ago, and he won it. Right?
1: I don't think he won that based on his performance in qualifying. He won that for his performance with Bayern, right? Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: But but like, if you're looking at it in the context of like what he did for the sport, which right. I, th- I think there is a an aspect of that to this award, right? Is like how well. How well do you represent your sport? Because let's face it, if it's not hockey, chances are for many people, right. this might be the only athlete they know in that sport.
1: Well, I go back to right around that same era, maybe a little earlier that you're talking about with Christine Sinclair, George St. Pierre was mm. perhaps the best in the world at mixed martial arts. And that is a sport that is far bigger worldwide than hockey will mm-hmm. ever be. And I don't think he ever got a, a Lou Marsh, but two years in a row, he won you know, the less prestigious, but Sportsnet athlete of the year, right? Canadian athlete. And I, in my mind, I felt like that was, that was justified, right? That's a guy who is maybe the very best ever in his weight class in that sport. But it's a sport we don't talk a ton about and, and fair enough, that sport is not for everybody, but that doesn't mean we should, you know, disregard his accomplishments. And so, um, to see him win Sportsnet's athlete of the year, two years in a row was, was kind of cool, but uh, the Lou Marsh has honestly always kind of had this reputation even now under a new name It's been a little stuffy, right? Some of the people who vote for it maybe don't look outside of the box too often. And so it is nice to see that over the last couple of years, yeah, we are getting outside of that a little bit and we are willing to, uh, to go to some different places. Uh, what about in the WNBA and the women's basketball side?
0: There's not, I mean, like Kia Nurse would be, when you think Canadian basketball, you think Kia Nurse, name. right? Yeah. She spent the entire season injured, okay. unfortunately. So. Right. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to what she's going to do uh, this coming year. But, you know, there's a couple Canadians in the WNBA that are worth talking about. Bridget Carlton, for example. The Minnesota Lynx, like half of them are Canadian. I think <laughs> it's what's, just the closest team to the border. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't go very far. I think what's really exciting is um, the Canadians in the NCAA women's basketball. Um, you've got Letitia and me here with uh, uh, South Carolina. You've got Aaliyah Edwards with UConn. Uh, South Carolina won a championship last year. UConn is somehow, even though being riddled with injuries, actually competitive this year, and part of that is down <laughs> to Aaliyah Edwards. Right, um, Kingston just right down hey. the road. And I think in you know this conversation in three or four years in the WNBA, maybe five or six years in the WNBA is going to be a lot different because I feel like we're seeing a wave of of uh, young Canadian uh, women's basketball players who are just so unbelievably talented and, and going to be in the WNBA very soon. So hopefully maybe we see one of them on this award, uh, list very soon.
1: All right, Screeds. gonna do it? We've arrived at, uh, your opportunity to make the case for Marie-Philippe Poulain. If you need me, I'll be out in the kitchen making <laughs> dinner. I'm quite certain I'm not needed here at this moment. Take the, it away.
0: The word hero gets thrown around a lot these days. No. um, uh, listen, the moment I saw this, I, first of all, genuinely forgot the Beijing Olympics took place in this calendar <laughs> year. I, I was with Vanessa at the time, and I remember saying to her, oh, yeah, <laughs> the Olympics were this year. Um, I don't know if this was just the longest year on record or my memory is just shot to shit, but uh, it, it was both a surprise and not a surprise at the same time, because the minute I thought about it, I was like, yeah, of course, Marie-Philippo wins this. Um You know, she won an Olympic gold. I don't need to tell you why she won. She won an (laughs) Olympic gold medal in February, and she scored the game-winning goal. At the time, in Canada's uh, last—since 2010, um, every single gold medal game they had been in, in the Olympics, they scored a total of 10 goals, and seven of those were scored by Marie-Philippe (laughs) Poulin. Which is
1: just stupid. I think I could make the case that means she's a bit of a puck hog.
0: Yeah, maybe. Going for the glory. But then she made up for it because of the world championship. She may not have scored the game winner there, but she assisted on it.
1: Uh, (laughs) Selfless.
0: So there you go. Um, Listen, she's the best uh, female hockey player in the world right now. She is... Honestly, she's the best, one of the best hockey players that's ever played for Canada. She's one of the best Canadian hockey players of all time.
1: Over a point a game in the PWHPA tour so far this year. uh, Hired on as a development consultant with the Montreal Canadiens this year. Um, It's been a bit of a it's been a, it's been a year. Yeah.
0: And, you know, that's the thing. All while playing and and winning gold medals and world championships, she's also working with the PWHPA to create a women's hockey league, a sustainable, yeah. equitable women's hockey league. And when that happens and when that's created, and hopefully we never look back from it, like generations of young of ho- female hockey players are going to have a place to play in this country and in North America because of her and her teammates. And while we look at this award as like, yeah, what did you do in your sport? I think you can't ignore that part of it when you look at what Marie-Philippe Poulain has done for this work because she's genuinely trying to make it better and she's trying to create more opportunities for other players. She's trying to find
1: some competition.
0: <laughs> she's trying to, yeah, exactly. And like, imagine if we had a league where we got to watch Marie-Philippe Poulain for 40 games. Yeah. How many more times would she have been in the conversation for this award in previous years? Because Even just
1: the silly things. You've brought it up on this show, like, a highlight goal on Tuesday night against Boston or whoever, right? She's playing for Montreal and she scores a crazy, Deeks a defenseman, goes in on a breakaway and scores. Those things we've talked about discoverability, right? It just, it has to be there. You have to stumble across it. You have yeah. to be able to point at it and go, holy shit, what a move, right? And that's why these leagues matter. That's why you exactly. have to get this up and going and. Yeah, it's not just that she's out there doing her thing on the ice. It's everything she's doing off the ice right now to make sure that that becomes a thing and a sustainable thing that's going to last and and develop players, you know, for years and years and years to come.
0: Exactly. And, and you know, she's, we talked about this when Vanessa was on. She's the first female hockey player to win this award, which is wild to me.
1: I was absolutely stunned when you told me that. Yeah.
0: Like, like and I think that what that Again, says. You would
1: think at some point, Haley Wickenheiser tripped over one at some point, right? We like it was just landed in her lap somewhere along or the way. Or even
0: like, like when you think of the 98 Nagano Olympics or the O2 Olympics and what that did for women's hockey, like the fact that Wickenheiser, Cassie Campbell, Pascal and, um, Kim St. Pierre and slash or Kim St. Pierre don't, at least between the three of them have this award is astounding to me. Well, and even to say
1: is the first to win it. Why now? How about in 2010 when she scored... <laughs> two goals to win the gold medal 2 nothing, or 2014 or like it is maybe the crime and it is a crime whatever it, it is weird that a woman hockey player had never won this before it's weird that poulain herself didn't win one yeah. earlier like even if it is going to be her two goals in a 2 nothing gold medal win in vancouver on home ice Makes a pretty good case for yeah. athlete of the year.
0: As a 19-year-old. Yeah. Like, it, it's wild. It's because like, she
1: smoked the cigars and drank the beer. Oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. that,
0: that's why she should have won it. <laughs> or even, like, the, the 2014, that, that uh, uh, game-winning goal Overtime, in Sochi. Like, yeah. everyone remembers that yeah. game, right? Um, there are so, so many reasons why she should have won yeah. this in uh, other years. And again, no disrespect to the athletes who won of it course. at the time. But, like, it, yeah, if if there were other opportunities to watch – trust me, if, if the highlights from the CWHL when it was around, if, if those highlights actually made it to SportsCenter and were, were aired properly, mm-hmm. we would be talking about marie Philip Poulin way more because I watched her do some stupid things in that league. <laughs> and and she's 31. We only have so much time to create a league so we can watch her regularly, right? Like, we are wasting the prime years of marie Philip Poulin's career without having a league for her to play in. And it's a, it's a travesty. It's a crime time that needs to be fixed because she should have won this award a long time ago and let's face it she should probably win it again at some point
1: (laughs) we do uh, yeah we are running out of time we we do appear though to be on the right track and and you know we'll see how long it's gonna take we'll we'll see when we get there but we appear to be on the right track is there any you got you got notes I know you came prepared is there anyone we haven't touched on that you think deserves a, a mention here
0: that's a really good question. I didn't I have... I should have
1: asked you that, frankly, before you exhausted yourself. Honestly. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm still,
0: I'm still uh, catching my breath. Um, like for this year alone, I mean, there's... It there's ha-
1: always more Olympians too. There's like, it's always about more vitamin, Had a great games, right? Like these. Are, there's always more.
0: I'm I'm thinking also, and this is unfortunately like she she won the world record after the award was handed out and w- made a splash, <laughs> literally, um, in the Tokyo Olympics. But Maggie McNeil yep. just broke a world record in swimming, yep. right? And and again, I know she kind of made a, a, a big name for herself in the in the Tokyo Olympics, but she's someone who. Just constantly making headlines. And, and we don't talk about swimming a whole lot, but she and Summer McIntosh are just like doing unbelievable things in the pool.
1: <laughs> Maggie McNeil also made herself an instant internet star at the 2021 <laughs> Olympics when they asked the relay team how you were feeling before you. Oh, I almost shit myself. <laughs>
0: Or like, when she squinted to see if she had won and uh, she, in fact, won the gold too. medal.
1: She's a glasses wearer. She obviously, Ugh. you don't wear them in the pool. And she turned around. She had no idea she'd won.
0: <laughs> it was like the most relatable moment yeah, of, so of cool. the entire Olympics. Did I do good? <laughs> yes, you won a gold medal, Olympic honey. Olympic gold medal. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she, she did a lot. Brooke, honestly, like if 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 you were – I said this earlier, but, like, if Brooke Henderson won, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I do think that she was probably second, in my opinion, uh, behind Marie, Marie-Philippe Poulain. Yeah. I'm always going to choose Marie-Philippe Poulin in this right. situation. Where <laughs> I'm always going to choose the the female hockey player. That's what I know. That's yeah. what I've covered for a long time, and that's, and that's what I have the most knowledge on. And, again, it just breaks my heart that she was the first female hockey player. So, like, I, I feel like we need... We need more uh, female. We need to retroactively give one to Haley Wickenheiser, maybe. Um, so yeah, Doctor
1: Wickenheiser. Exactly. I think she's doing RA right without it. She seems to.
0: And be. Oh, see, this is it's going to be after the fact, but there's actually a documentary airing on uh, TSN tonight at 9 p.m. Monday night, 9 p.m. about Haley Wickenheiser. It's going to be on Crave after that. Okay. It's called Wick, and you can watch it on Crave. And I haven't watched it yet because obviously it hasn't aired yet.
1: But I'm very excited. We got to get you home.
0: I gotta get home. I have to 9 p.m. Oh, I have to rest. Oh my god! No one god. but Wick would get you no. to
1: stay off until 9 p.m. to start a program.
0: Haley uh, Wickenizer, Christine Sinclair, Sue Bird. like yeah. those are the three people, and probably Marie Phillips. Let's be right. honest; those are the people I would watch uh, something at 9 p.m. for. Um, <laughs> and and again, I feel like I get on this soapbox too much, but I'm gonna get on it again. We need more stuff like this. We need more documentaries about Haley Wickenheiser because, like, I know everything about her career because I obsess over her and have, like, you read. Have a, you have, like, a writer's credit on this thing? Or a <laughs> you would think. <laughs> a contributor. No, because it would just be someone sobbing.
1: <laughs> she She's so great. <laughs> I love you, Wick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but not everyone does that. And not everyone knows this incredible story of this amazing f- athlete. We don't have enough storytelling in, f- in female sports. And I think that's something that we're starting to see more of. Mm-hmm. And stuff like this is a prime example of that, right? We need more of this because we we have documentaries about. There, I have watched so many documentaries about Michael Jordan. I have and I get it; he's the greatest <laughs> of all time. But like, I watched a documentary about him. It was called "Jordan Rides the Bus" about him playing. Uh, like, like
1: a children's book.
0: Yeah, tr- <laughs> like three levels below major league baseball yes. of watching right, him play right, f- play right. baseball. We have documentaries about that. We need documentaries about. <laughs> About Haley Wickenheiser, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Kia Nurse, uh, uh, Christine Sinclair. We need these documentaries. We need these stories told. So I'm really excited about it.
1: So at the end of the day, here we agree that Kevin Owens is this year's winner of the. Uh...
0: You know what? <laughs> you know I hate wrestling. <laughs> Kevin Owens is like the one guy. I'm like I'll watch a clip. Josh will send me the odd clip of Kevin Owens because he knows I love him. <laughs> yeah. I do love that guy, mostly because he's a huge fan of Shania Twain and so Who on. Who isn't? Exactly.
1: Do <laughs> you got your tickets lined up for uh, for Shania here next week? Have they evening? gone on sale yet? I doubt
0: it. Because don't tell people, but I plan on buying. Yeah. I don't I want other people to know. will be there
1: on Absolutely. stage introducing her. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I sing with you? Oh my God, don't even. I feel like a woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like I love this woman. Ladies, you... you we all know when you hear "Let's Go, Girls," you're ready to kick a door. There off is nothing the that will
1: create at a wedding or at a whatever a more ear-piercing squeal than the, that first. It's so true. There's and it's dangerous. Don't get away! High heels are getting kicked into the air. And- People charge barefoot <laughs> towards the dance floor.
0: <laughs> Do not get in the way. Um, I, th- I think I've told this story before, but obviously I was at the 2017 Great Cup where Shania performed, and it was the greatest moment of my life. Um, and I was because there I.
1: Too. It was oh, a memorable moment. It was probably not the greatest moment so of my life.
0: <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't stop talking about it the next day, and it was right before Christmas, and obviously she was promoting a tour. So for Christmas that year, Josh got me tickets to her Ottawa show mm-hmm. on said tour. And it was an amazing show. It was like a huge nostalgia thing. But like I've never been in a crowd with that many white women before in my life. It was a gaggle of white women, just if you Just Robin
1: Schabatsky's all over the just place.
0: Like, uh, oh, just the most basic. Most of these people I probably went to high school with because it was <laughs> primarily the Ottawa Valley. Was that the one
1: at this – there was a stadium? Like it was an outdoor
0: – No, she did that a couple years ago before yeah, like –
1: The pandemic. I, I and...
0: want to say it was like – maybe later that summer because this was in June and then okay. she did do an outdoor concert. Was At it some Boots and like, Hearts or something? I thought like it was Richard more show. like
1: it was just her but there was like a smaller soccer stadium west of town or something. Yeah, uh,
0: you're right. I can't remember what it was called no. and it got like rained out and it was muddy and oh, stuff okay. apparently. I wasn't there. Right. Um, there's not a lot of people I'll go see outdoors because <laughs> I don't like the elements. Um, <laughs> but I saw her indoors in a in a controlled climate again with, with many, many white women. <laughs>
1: Okay, lots of Karens just hanging. Lots of Karens. There. <laughs> uh, look, we've taken a slightly different approach to this this year, but
0: Who, I, I didn't ask you. Who else was on your list?
1: I, I had control. I had the wheel here. That's true. I, I ran through my list before <laughs> I let you have helpful. the one stop that you wanted. Look, I, I, I kind of, I, I think most years we've kicked around the names and then gone around the the triangle circle <laughs> and given our winners. I remember when you and Vanessa were in here a couple of weeks ago, and I sort of asked you, was this more of a lifetime achievement award for Marie Philippe Poulin? And I got the most evil eye I've ever received across the table. And as we've actually sat here today and gone through it, and yeah, no, it, it that wasn't what this was. Marie Philippe Poulin probably is the rightful winner this year. We, we've gone through the names mm-hmm. like f- from. You know, the borderline, do they belong in the conversation? you know, your Kale McCars, Andrew Wiggins, to your Olympians, to your I I you know, I, I'm having a hard time. I, I, I did some research before the show. I'm looking at other names, I'm scratching my head and I, Who for sure was more deserving than Marie Philippe Poulin this year? And I didn't come up with with a name that for sure was, you know, definitely had earned it ahead of her. So yeah, I I, I think we know where your vote Stands. Yep. Um, and just for my own safety, I, I don't have a helmet in here. I'm just <laughs> going to agree and, and go along. But but legit, when you dominate an Olympics and a world championship and win two gold medals and you're by far the best player on the team that does that, that's legit. There's, yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no real good argument against giving it to, uh, to Marie-Philippe Poulin, especially when it's going to allow us to create... A name for the award <laughs> moving forward, and for this episode, exactly, I, I'd be shooting myself in the foot to fight it. So it
0: gives us, uh, gives us more opportunity. And and I think, like to your point, I remember when you asked the question of it: is it a lifetime achievement award? I think it's just because she's probably deserved it in other years as well. And I, I did that. We asked that question to,
1: in my own defense. I did say that.
0: No, right? no, no. no. I, yeah. And I agree with in you. In previous
1: years, and we laid them out a few minutes ago. There have been other years where she could have won it. Yeah. And so this year is it just sort of like let's circle back we better get her name on this thing or but when you actually look at the case
0: no it makes sense if she did win it
1: this year it's legit it's not just a making up for past wrongs
0: and if they're gonna do lifetime achievement of wars can we throw Hilly wickenheiser <laughs> into this conversation we get that done <laughs> like jesus christ <laughs> it, it blows my mind that like I, 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 i'm again i stop sort me from of feel like hole,
1: dr but... wickenheiser maybe has better things to do like you yeah. and i maybe are annoyed that she doesn't have it she's She's probably over. She it. does
0: not care <laughs> one bit. Any any chance where she has to like go and do more media interviews, she's probably like, yeah, no, thank you. God,
1: it's like Christine it.
0: Sinclair. Like that's she when she released her book, someone said something to the effect of like, uh, sh- now that Christine Sinclair has this book out, she's got to do all these media interviews to promote it. The and the do you book. think she regrets it? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is her fucking nightmare. <laughs> she hates media interviews. Yes, it's an amazing book. You should absolutely read it. It's called Playing the Long Game, and I will quote it at least once per episode. It is one of the best sports books I've ever read. Nice. Like, I don't say that lightly. I do tend to read a lot of sports books. and yep. Unfortunately, the female athlete sports books are a little short and and, and hard to come by, but... Um,
1: I read if, uh, earlier this year, Sammy Jo Small. Yes. Had a book come out. It was really yep.
0: good. great book. And and if you read Sinclair's book, the one thing that stood out to me, like the first couple of pages, I was like, oh man, this is like kind of monotone. And then I was like, no, that's exactly what Christine Sinclair talks <laughs> like. Like every single sentence, I could hear her saying. I right. could... Th- Stephen Brunt wrote it with her and I don't know how much he wrote, how much she wrote, but like the two of them together just perfectly captured her voice and it's so unbelievably good. It's so dry humor. Like if you know Christine Sinclair, there are certain points like I was laughing out loud because it's just so dry. And the one thing and I'll I'll give a preview for for you if you're going to read it and for anyone listening, she tells a story. Uh, about the London 2012 games, about what she said to the ref after that semifinal. It is the funniest story I have ever heard in sports and you absolutely need to read it because of that.
1: We will put the links to some of these books in the show notes for this episode. And if you buy the book through those links, TCA gets a bit of a kickback. There you go. Doesn't cost you anymore, but it helps us out. So uh, we'll put that out there. I also, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't bad. I read Wick's book earlier this year, but it was more like a, like a motivational
0: It was like a life, life lesson book.
1: And so it was fine, but I, I, I'm more looking for, for what Sinclair did, right? Like stories. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, she's got those. Yeah. So we'll put the links to all of these. and, And like I said, I very much enjoyed Sammy Jo Small's book because she wasn't a superstar. She was fighting to be a backup. She was fighting to get in there, right? Like it was hard for her to stay on the team as a, as a backup goaltender, uh, for the Canadian women's team for so long. To me you don't hear a lot of that, right? It's almost like Jamie McLennan's book that he wrote a few years. Like, uh, uh McLennan's book is called best seat in the house. I'm sitting on the <laughs> bench every day, right? And so Sammy Joe Smalls putting in all the same work that all of her teammates are and she's life and death to make it. That's a different type of perspective than being yeah. the superstar, right? Who's having all these big moments. Uh, I thought it was really good as well. So like I said, we'll throw all those links in the, uh, in the show notes here. A lot of good options and you can buy these on Kindle, for other people, like last second Christmas gifts oh, you can perfect. send out. Yeah. And, and the, there's good stuff there. So we'll make sure all those links are there. Anything else we need to get to today, Shrides, any more beers come to mind for you? Anything else we need to drop before we shut this down?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I have been thinking about other beers. Um, and I already talked about, cause you also went
1: to Europe too.
0: I did. And I but drank, it, that was
1: a Guinness trip. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was going to say I mostly drank Guinness there, but Guinness and Ireland's always going to be a top, uh, a top visit. Um, I – you know what? We had – and i it's not that I discovered this beer this year. I think I forgot how good it was. Mm. Um, but we had the uh, Broadheads Tangerine IPA oh, on yeah. tap at one point. Yeah. That is a solid beer. Okay. And, like, doesn't get enough credit. And, actually, just thinking about it um, – a new brewery just uh, opened in right. Almont uh, called Basecamp Brewing, which uh, I've been to a couple times. They've got some solid beers, and they know um, you by name now. Yes, absolutely. I'm a regular customer. <laughs> uh, this c- took over from where Crooked Mile was, so it's right. same location. Um, and Justin, the the owner, was telling us that like you know s- the the beers that they were on now were batch one. They're making a lot of improvements, but it was still like for batch one, it was so pretty freaking good. Okay. Um, so I think like we're going to see a lot more from them in, in the coming months. And and honestly, like they've had a great tap room, good atmosphere, solid beer, totally worth a trip to Almonte.
1: Uh It's Michaela Schreider, Bouchoir Podcast, talking about your red blacks. She's got game every weekend on the TSN radio network. Uh, am I missing anything? What else is going on?
0: Uh, no, that's pretty much it.
1: Watch sports with Michaela. Watch
0: sports with Michaela and Vanessa, which is just the two of us audibly (laughs) sobbing.
1: Um, this has been awesome. And you know what? It's, we've talked about it a couple of times, you know, you and I kind of got to know each other throughout the pandemic. This was a year where there was far less of the off and on, online, in person, Mm -hmm. what's the world allowing. It's been great to have you back in studio and and doing more and more of these. It's um, been great to be back um, or be in in studio. Yeah, And and so, uh, appreciate everything you put into this. Um, you know, we did our 1,000th uh, episode, got you and Rob and Maddie all in studio together this year. That was a lot of fun. Uh, big year for TCA. It was cool to have you back here in studio a little more often. So thank you so much for everything you've put into it this year.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. I you, I consider it an honor to drink beer and talk sports with you, Matt. This is the hardest job I have.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure you know what honor means. Shrides, <laughs> that is it. That is the uh, last live recording of the year for me. Uh, there will be plenty of stuff on the podcast, of course, uh, that is pre-recorded for the next week or so, but I'm done. This is uh, this is it. On Saturday, our annual Christmas Eve show with Rob and myself will uh, will be up on the podcast. So make sure you're subscribed for that. Afterwards, Paul Romanuk will be here on Boxing Day, and uh, we'll be talking all about the Spangler Cup and his role in getting it on television in Canada. As we try and look, I'll pay attention to the World Juniors this year, but I'm a little less excited about it than I have been in in previous years. Right, everything going on around hockey Canada, and to yeah. be to be fair. Spangler Cup's a Hockey Canada thing too. It, yeah. But it's got a little different feel to it. And we thought we might present something a little different to you guys in that regard. Uh, Maddie Lang will be here on New Year's Eve. We'll talk all things 2022 outside of sports. The things that he's managed to keep a handle on. And I, I just haven't. What, what the cool kids have been up to in 2022. What the <laughs> youths are saying. Well, yeah, I have no idea. Maddie will help us out with that on New Year's Eve. So stick around make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, you can follow Michaela on social media at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And her beer takes are on Instagram at Crafted in the Capital. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall can Audio. My name's Matt from Michaela Schrider. We'll get out of here and we'll talk to you later on. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. Oh, I need to go better.